episode 21 of the nope i think it's episode 22 actually i'll have to double check that after it's been a while of the i am your friend podcast i'm your host aiden liquor uh it's been a while since uh i did an episode because i've been so fucking busy uh with post-prom stuff the album who you pretend to be is now out everywhere the release show is coming up um by the time this will be out you have one day to get a ticket i think so um but just been super busy, but I'm glad we're back. Finally doing an episode again. And uh, our guest today is our friend Joey. What's up, Joey? How's it going, man? What's going on, brother? Joey Harkham, uh, who any close friends of mine have definitely heard me mention before or mentioned the band Pasadena. Uh, very crucial uh, part of my upbringing in my uh, musical songwriting world. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to tell some stories for sure on here um you're my first uh out of town guest nice. everybody everybody so far has been <clears throat> buffalo so you are the first uh non-buffalonian nice. to, to have on the pot i feel like i have like a ghetto pass for buffalo yeah if you don't, yeah yeah, if you yeah. remember like that term honor- from back in the day no no no, no. <laughs> uh but like an honorary yeah yeah buffalonian yeah i agree for sure um from baltimore new york or baltimore new york idiot uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, Baltimore, New York sounds sick, though. But Baltimore, Maryland, uh, which is where yep. the term Pasadena comes from, not Pasadena, Pasadena California. Pasadena, Maryland, just south yeah. of um, Baltimore. And um, and actually, my grandfather grew up in Hamburg. Oh, no so, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that? Uh, I knew he was from Buffalo. I didn't know what part yeah, of Buffalo. Yeah, grew up in Hamburg. So. Um, his family came from Northern Ireland here. And... Um, his dad worked for Bethlehem Steel. Ah, yeah, there you go. And um, he worked for Bethlehem Steel, joined the Navy, and when he got back, the the steel mill here, I think, was closed. So he went to work Bethlehem Steel in Baltimore. And oh, no how, shit. Yeah, that's how my my Irish side yeah. came to be. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, most of them motherfuckers came to Buffalo when they first got here. <laughs> That's yeah. what I hear, yeah. Yeah, because it was just uh, it was the closest place, probably from New York City, where I, there were like industries popping off and stuff. It's hard for me to get um, a history lesson from my grandfather past his father, but um, I believe um, they came from Canada. I think they came in Nova Scotia. Oh no, shit. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. Because um, <clears throat> I just would, I would imagine. Uh, there was some kind of record of him coming from New York City, you know, <clears throat> but he was he was just a baby, so he didn't really have the whole story. But I'm, right. I think before he now now he's kind of like he's getting older, so it's hard to get info out of him. Sure, uh, sure, sure, but, sure. You know, yeah, I'm pretty sure they came from Canada, which is crazy. Yeah, that is nuts. Not uh, not something you hear all the time, but it makes sense that they would end up in Buffalo then. Um, so you currently are on tour uh with tropodelic and bumping uglies yep first day tour today town ballroom town ballroom yep uh one of my favorite venues we were we've been talking a lot about it i used to work there for a little bit and still get a bunch of homies that work there it's a great venue you're gonna have a great time playing it for sure um so oh man we go very far back um how old are you now I just turned 37. 37, right. So you're 11 years older than me. Sorry to remind you. Um, <laughs> oh, believe me. Looking yeah, at you, yeah. I know I'm old. <laughs> when we met, you were like a squirt, man. Yeah, so I met you when I was when I was 14, I think, or 15. Probably 15. I was 15. So you were 26, which is how old I am now. And we were talking man. about that recently, that I am now the age that you were when I met you, which That's is a crazy. fucking weird thing to think about. Um, <laughs> so a little backstory for everybody. Uh, when I was like 14, I think... 
my brother's my older brother Danny his friend Jared was backpacking through Europe and at least this is the story as I know it and came home he had met somebody on there that was from Baltimore gave him a Pasadena CD he brought it back here and gave it to my brother who who showed me and was like I think you would like this and I was like this is super cool um, I was very into it and uh, and then I hit you guys up on MySpace yeah and was like yo you guys are super cool um here's a shitty cover i recorded on a shitty camera of me playing one of your songs and you guys should play in buffalo uh and then the first show that you guys did play here was uh 21 plus so i couldn't go and uh but my brother went and and got me a cd uh but i had been following you guys forever and that was like the first time that was such a weird experience for me because it was just like this band that was like going for it. You know what I mean? And like, and not like this is the first, you guys were the first band that I got into that wasn't like a major success. You know, it was like, Oh, this is fucking cool. These guys are just like kind of grinding and, and going for it right now. And I can, I kind of get to see that from this level. You know what I mean? Which yeah, is not man. something I was used to seeing before. Uh, and definitely helped me learn a lot on, on how to get started in my own form of, of playing in bands and shit. Cause when I was 14, like I was in my, my, you know, my first band was like nothing, wasn't really like serious, you know? And so I was in like my first like serious, like high school band and, uh, was just starting to, to write songs myself. So, um, those early days of listening to Pasadena and shit was like so crucial to me. And it is, uh, it's been quite a journey. Yeah, man. I, I remember when you came up to the show and, uh, you were you asked if he could play a song or did we, I forget what happened, but you ended up playing a song with us. Yeah. Um, you know, we were like, sometimes it happens, you know, people come up <clears throat> and most of the time it doesn't really work out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but you came up and you crushed it. And I think you played that song with us for the next 10 years. Yeah, for kind of, real. <laughs> for real. Yeah. Every time. And then, you know, it's cool to see as you were so young. Um, it was cool to see all your different musical things you were doing throughout the years, you know, like you were a rapper for a while, yeah, you know, yeah. now you're in like a, I guess you would call it, I don't know if you call it pop punk. Or- yeah. It's, it, we talk about this because we kind of fall into the, the pop punk realm, but we're not like your traditional pop punk sounding band, but we're like pop punk inspired for sure. Pop punk adjacent is what right. I, why I say. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Just cool. Like every time we'd come back to town, you'd be like, well, I'm doing this now. Yeah. So like, cool, yeah. man. Fucking yeah. get it. Get it after was, it. It was man. a long time of trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. uh, and you were always good at whatever you were yeah. going for. No, thanks man. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, so the first show I saw you guys at was a, the second show you guys came to Buffalo for, which mm-hmm. was at Nietzsche's, which like looking back on it now is hilarious that like my parents called Nietzsche's and we're like, can we bring our 15 year old son to the show? Like, you know, X's <laughs> hands, whatever. And now I think about it as an adult who hangs out on, in, that's on you know that's an allentown in buffalo and so now as like an adult who's been hanging out in allentown for a while it's like it is it was irresponsible for my parents to yeah uh, that's a rough spot man it is yeah and we came there one time and uh i guess there had been like a a string of stabbings yeah on on that block and they were like hey just be careful going to your car yeah damn yeah it is uh that's a great spot though man yeah it definitely is um and it it is gone through its its eras of of troubles for sure but it was really and so my first time going into Nietzsche's was 15 years old to see you guys and I remember being like well this is this is a wild experience but yeah I uh, I remember you 
before you guys played, you uh, had pulled me aside and were like, what songs of ours do you know on guitar? And I was like, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Didn't hurt that they were all the same chords. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so then I played All in Good Time, and yeah, uh, which is a very fun uh, chord progression to play. Uh, which is funny that the second chord of that song, I don't even know what it is. It's like a B. B something, yeah. B diminished seventh or some <laughs> shit like that. But uh, we used that chord in a post-prom song in the new album. In the song Boston, we hit uh, that same chord, which is funny. Now I'm thinking that's the only other time I've played yeah, that chord is weird, that song. and that weird B, and then there's... Um, that like D in the C shape. I play my E like halfway down the neck. You know, it's like a At weird... At the seventh fret? Yeah, it's like yeah. a weird kind of... It's like a barred E, but it's like the, the open E string. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I do that a lot. There's like 10 post-prom songs it, I do that in, yeah. And it's even like songs where like it's a more of like labor yeah. for me to go down there. Pull the mic um, a little bit. You know, I don't know. I'm just so... And I get stuck in those chords and like with uh with our new members and stuff, they come in and they're like, so it's the same chords as the other songs. Just in a different... You're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> the new songs are more... You know, you learn as as you get as the years go by, but yeah, the old songs are pretty similar chord structure. Yeah. <laughs> so, how old were you when you put out "Sick and Tired"? Um, it's two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. So twenty four, uh, maybe. Yeah, I think so. And we we had been we put an EP out before that. And I think that was in 2006. So we probably started touring when I was around 22. Yeah. Um, and we had been playing in Baltimore before that. But uh, when I was when I was 20, I lived in the city. And we were playing Sonar and all those old venues that aren't there anymore. And then, uh, yeah, I think when I was 22, we started touring. And um, I feel like we just toured for like a decade but like it was before like we were touring when MySpace came out. Yeah. You know? Like before like I think I had a Blackberry with MapQuest on it. Yeah. You know? It was fucking crazy like to think it wasn't like it is now. It's yeah. crazy. And we you know, we were kinda aimlessly touring the entire country for a long time. Yeah. And it was early days of social media, early days of like traveling technology. Dude, it was crazy. It was yeah. like the wild west, man. You'd yeah. show up some places and they would like, if anything was, if there was any kind of miscommunication, you know, you couldn't just like, you show, we'd show up places and they'd be like, we don't have a band tonight. Yeah. Like, dude, like right. we emailed we just you. just drove all this you know? way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you got people coming to the show and you have no way of letting them know. Dude, it was gnarly back in the yeah. day. Yeah, it's crazy. I never even never even thought about that. I I do think about that a lot of like how bands used to like, you know, I don't know when DIY tours started being a thing, but it's a lot of fucking work. You know what I mean? Like I imagine it was happening in the days of people having just maps and figuring yeah, it out. You we know, we had um, I remember somebody's parents gave us a old GPS to use, and um, we were playing. We had to go past New York City for something. Or no, we we're playing. We we're going to New York City to play a show, and the and the GPS took us into Jersey City. Took us through the city and then back on the highway, and uh, we threw the fucking thing out the window and we got an atlas. We toured the rest of the tour with an atlas. <laughs> That's fucking nuts, dude. Like, I guarantee you, there's kids touring right now that can't read a map. 
you know. I have no idea how to read a map, dog. <laughs> I would have no idea. Yeah, we like toured at the beginning, very beginning, with like a big road atlas. And like, yeah. you know, you'd find the page and, um, you know, you were just praying for a gas station sometimes. You didn't, you didn't know where they were. <laughs> you're like, you know, that gives age, me so like, much anxiety, like, dog. We gotta I... hit a gas station. It's been forever. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Holy we shit. ran a gas so many times. Yeah, so many times, dude. The amount of times I would see or hear about the van breaking down, oh, yeah. like it's just like, I mean, you guys were touring in like the same van for a long time. Well, yeah, and um, I had there's a a little van, um, used van like truck work truck kind of place by my house and um. My buddy's uncle owns it, and I didn't have credit or money, you know. So <laughs> he would always sell us like the fucking beater van that he couldn't get rid of. Yeah. So I'm on this van I have now. I think it's my sixth van. Yeah. If you, if you if if I'm right. Which um, pretty impressive for touring for 15 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, you know, so the vans, the day I got it, it had like. 180,000 miles on it or, you know, something like that. So we just, we break down all the time. Yeah. All the time, man. The worst was we broke down in, in Omaha, Nebraska and, um, spent like two grand to get the van fixed. I forget the, what the issue was now, but, um, we got like a hundred miles out of town and it broke down again. Oh my God. And I think I remember that. It would happening. go, <clears throat> it would go, it was an old, old diesel Ford and it would go like 40 miles an hour when you go any any faster than 40 and um just fucking gas pumping out the exhaust you know <laughs> we had uh it was pasadena and we had another band with us on tour so it was, it was like 12 dudes in the van holy shit dude uh middle of summer like yeah and we we're just crawling we crawled all the way home it took like and you couldn't turn it off like if you turn it off you're fucked you have trouble starting yeah you know so uh i think it was like 20 eight or 29 hours, something like that. We literally crawled home from Omaha. Yeah. And it was the, like the expression, like crawling in your skin. It was like exactly that. I've never felt that fucking like miserable in my life. It was awful. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, then you, and then you do it for 10 more years. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We were, um, we were pretty wild back then though, man. We didn't, it, it, everything we did, we learned the hard way. Yeah. So, you know, Thank God Will was pretty handy. Aaron was pretty handy. So half the time we could fix stuff and figure it out. But uh, yeah, man, back in the old days, yeah, I would never crazy. tour like that now. Yeah. I'm old now though. So. That is funny because like I'm over that now. <laughs> At 26, Good. I'm like, dog, you, I'm not. Like, you know, that's why you're It's gonna... just like the idea of getting in a shitty, unreliable van and going to play a show to uh, for people, you know, or, or whatever for the, for the sake of you have to do this to, to get to the next level. Like I'm like, dog, I'm over it. I'm just, yeah. I'm it's, just it's so, just, over it. it's, so <clears throat> it's so much better now with, um, analytics and stuff, you yeah. know, on like Spotify for artists, you can yeah. see like Your what market. cities are listening. It's just beautiful, man, because yeah. we were just basically pissing in the wind. You know, we'd have like, say, <clears throat> We, we, one of our good markets has always been like Denver, but you know, you got to get out to Denver. So we're like, well, this city's a big city right on the way. Let's go there. And you know, you know, you, you play for nobody and you, you, you lose money cause yeah. you got to pay for parking. Yeah. You don't make, any, you make a fucking dime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, now it's crazy, man. People now that are starting out have so many tools. It's yeah. beautiful. Really yeah, is. it is nuts. I mean, even I, with like, you know, our, we just put out our album on the 17th and, uh, you know, what we have access to in terms of analytics and being able to get music out to people and distributed and literally do everything ourselves with mm-hmm. no help, no budget, nothing is, is, is insane. And I, I've been thinking about that a lot. It's like, you know, I mean, we, I designed all the merch ourselves and like, I, you know, use the internet to just find a way to get it printed, yep. you know, and, and using social media management apps and, and getting Spotify stuff. That's like, here's how you're performing and you know, here's what's working and, and, doing all that shit and just using every tool available to you. It's like, it is, yep. it is crazy. How, every how... single thing, even like, um, even like your website, you yeah. know, back then you have to hire somebody to make you a website. And, um, and that's why MySpace was so great. It was like yeah. your own little website, but like online selling merch online now is so easy. Yeah. And, um, my God. Yeah. It's great. I mean, I think our, our, <clears throat> our website for Pasadena Forever was just a domain name and it would take you to our Facebook. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> but now you can do it all, man. Yeah. You really can. And, and it, sh- and it really shows, um, when you look at people like just for example, um, cause he just put a record out. This guy, Kyle Smith out in, um, he's out in Ventura, California. He's, he like is crushing it, man. Like in every way. And he's totally independent. Nobody's yeah. helping him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his, I think his album came out a couple of days ago and it's already got up almost a hundred thousand streams or something yeah. like that. And it's, it's just for him, him pushing, you know, and working. Yeah, on. it really is. It, <laughs> it is like, I, and I think any band that's or artist that's trying to go for it right now, it's like, dude, if you can just do the, the digital grind, which is a lot like it, it, you know, labor, maybe it doesn't sound as labor intensive as it is, but the digital grind is a lot. And, uh, I think if there's one thing I've learned, um, over this past few years of not being able to play a show, but trying to keep people engaged with mm-hmm. my band um, is like, that's just, you have to do, have the digital grind and know how it works. And if you take the time to learn it and like really fucking figure that shit out, it, it definitely pays off. Yeah. I think with the, uh, the lockdown and everything, everybody kind of took, it was like a lesson in, um, yeah. you were forced to figure out how to be creative, you know, putting out, different content or better content adapting to yep. like, you know, instead of putting a record out, you're putting out a single every yeah. month. And yeah. Um, yeah, I've learned a lot from, from that. And, um, we're kind of doing the same thing. Like, like I'm, <clears throat> I'm flying out and playing gigs where I know that's going to make sense. And then we're like, you know, making more videos and stuff, trying to get like more people kind of going t- to our Spotify now, Rather than our Facebook page, right? You know, and because um, that's where it's. I mean, it's it's like another example. We're opening up for Trap tonight. Their latest record just got um, ten million streams on Spotify. Yeah, in like less than a year. Yeah, and it's like that is sustainable income. You know, you're talking like, you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't dream to do the math on what, what a band like that is making a month on streams, but it's enough to keep the machine going, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like the unfortunate thing, because if you sold 10 million records, you fucking retire tomorrow, you know, yeah. like you'd be good. Yeah. Like, all right. looks like we don't got work no more boys. Right. 
but <clears throat> you got to keep the content coming and keep people engaged. Yeah. Because this day and age, you you have to survive off of that fourth of a cent. Right. You know, dude, it is it's super interesting, and we were kind of talking about this last night. Um, I mean, especially I mean, someone in your position who's kind of been going for it as long as you have, uh, the uh, transformation of the industry in general with like for, I mean, you saw it in the early days of social media, you know what I mean? Like Pasadena first saw success through, through MySpace, and uh, you know, and that's your, your, the early days of social media, then as social media transformed and then streaming services come in, you know, and it's just, you just have to adapt and figure it out. And, and it completely changes the way everything works. Change everything. Labels like you don't need, you don't need a label anymore. No, you don't. Yeah. Um, You know, you don't need that, you don't need uh, a loan anymore right. to put out music, you know? Yeah. Especially with home studios and stuff. It's right. wild, man. Like, you can put out a quality product without spending, you know, people spend 30 grand on an album. Yeah. It's fucking madness. Right. Like, 30 grand on an album that you're not, you're not going to make that money back anytime soon. Yeah. <clears throat> if, you, you know, depending on on who you are, but, uh, man, it's just crazy to think how much money people have spent on records. Yeah, totally. Before you print it or anything. You yeah. Know, you're, it's yeah, like, dude, I think about like in like the nineties and two thousands when, you know, album budgets were like millions of dollars, crazy millions of dollars. Fucking, Fucking nuts. nuts. <laughs> For real, dude, it is, it's, it's wild. And the thing we were kind of touching on last night when we were talking was, uh, the, uh, wealth gap within the music industry itself. It's like, you know, a band like Tropodelic that is getting 10 million streams on an album. Like that's, you're going to see money off of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, but like, there's such a, they're the only ones who are, if you're hitting millions of streams, you know, you're the ones who are, you're going to make money off streaming, but it's like everybody else below that is, is, is not going to get shit, yeah. you know? So it's, um, but that's what, you know, you gotta like, you got to try and get to that point because that's like, right. You know, you could, you could go on torn forever if you're making money on, yeah. on the back end like that, you know? Yeah. It is really like, I think what it you know comes down to it is it's all momentum. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and just trying to keep momentum going. Like, you know what I mean? If a video starts doing well or, or if a single starts doing well, like whatever, just trying to, to hit it over the head as much as possible to, yeah. to squeeze every dime out of it. That yeah. You can. Find out what works. Right. Like this is working for my audience. So let's, let's recreate this as best we can, you know, and, and, uh, especially with bumping uglies and trop there, I'm taking notes, man, the whole yeah. time. Yeah. You know, I, every time I go to make a move, I call Brandon and be like, Hey, yeah. uh, so what did you do for this single? And like, how'd you put it out? And who, you know, right. Like, what do I do? What do I do to make this the best release I can? Because, if you're not paying for ads on social media, they don't want, they don't want you to fucking thrive, man. They want right. you to pay for it. It's yep. crazy. Yeah. And if you do like, and they want you to pay a lot for it. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. I've, I've gone down that route before. You know what I mean? Of like doing like the sponsored Instagram ad or Facebook yeah. ad. And it's like, and put like a bunch of my own money into it. And then nobody sees it. You know, it's like, they, um, I mean, I spend a couple hundred bucks a month on ads. Yeah. Um, so I can't imagine what the big bands. Do. Right. Because that's another thing you can see your reach mm-hmm. on these apps, and you know I have like eleven thousand uh, on my Instagram, but then I'll put something out, 
and you can see the reach and it'll, it'll be like <clears throat> a tenth of the yeah of the audience it's yep. like why right why do they do this oh because if i if i put 50 bucks on it yeah then i'll get half of the reach yeah you know? and you put this yeah the more you pay for it the more reach you're gonna get and that's yeah, it's it's there's definitely a dark side of it for real that makes you like yeah. want to pull your hair out. There was a band um there's there's this band called Movements that in the in the punk scene that has been kind of blown up and they literally like their story was they made it they recorded an EP and they put a single out and a uh, single out with the music video and they just put all of their money into Instagram ads for this video and it blew the fuck up. Like the song blew the fuck up. Nice. Then they put the EP out. The EP did really well. And they were just getting tour offer after tour offer after tour offer. And just, That's and now great. they've just, they're a fully successful band, like doing it. And it's literally like, that was their first thing was like, put out one single. And this was like, this was probably like 2015, 2016. And, uh, you know, that was when like Instagram ads were kind of like still like the new hot thing, right. you know? So mm-hmm. it was like, they just got in on that. And, uh, you know, and that I'm sure that that's changed a lot too. It has. It um, keeps changing. I mean, now now TikTok is everything. I know. If you can get a song I'm, to blow up on TikTok, which is extremely difficult to do, but if you can get it yeah. to happen, like you're you're good. The um, I'm too old for TikTok, man. But uh, <laughs> you're on it though. I'm fucking addicted to it, like everybody else. Yeah, it's fun. Like, I'll be in fucking bed and I'm yep. swiping, and then the little. TikTok guys like, hey, it's late. You should yeah. probably put the phone down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that means I've been on here for like an hour. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah, it is wild, and uh, I expect we're just gonna, you know, this is just the the world now. We're just gonna keep new shit comes out, and you just gotta try to adapt as quick as you can. And and uh, it's wild that stuff's still coming out. Yeah, right. Like I never would have saw TikTok being as big as it is. Yeah. Like you know, and then Instagrams. Uh, Facebook now, you right. know, like they own it. So yeah, Instagram's not they're, sw- Instagram's they're stealing not everything out. and putting it in there. And now it's just yeah. this fucking jumbled mess. And like the algorithm, it's not like yeah. in, in uh, order. It's like Instagram is definitely where we've been seeing the most of our success. Um, like that's yeah. where yeah, the most too. of our market seems to engage is mm-hmm. on Instagram. Um, Twitter, we do all right, but Instagram is really where, where it lives. Um, I tried doing shit on TikTok. It just doesn't go anywhere. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you get like 20 to 30 likes on it. I live on TikTok for like, fun. Like yeah, my same, TikTok's same. all like um, videos uh, of me on my boat and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was making them for a while. Like I was trying to do like, I would do like covers and stuff and like, you know, or just like put up like post-prom music video, like clips and stuff mm-hmm. and just hope that one of them just like throw in the right hashtag at the right time and I hope yeah, one of them at least like, does fucking a hundred likes, you know, and it's like it'll it go viral happens, in there yeah. like randomly yeah it is it's crazy dude it's literally about like it's all about just like hitting at the at the right time and hoping for the best you know and like i got a buddy my buddy alex uh shout out alex barons who uh he's got like a a bunch of tiktok followers and he has some that just like blow the fuck up and then some that like don't go anywhere and but they're all like really good like everything he's doing but it's just like it's all just random the genius thing with tiktok i think is that um, you start on the explore page, you know, yeah. like you're, you're opening up and seeing something new. Yeah. Cause like, you know, on Instagram, the more people you react with or the, the more you react with somebody, you're going to see their yeah. post, you know? Yep. And uh, so, you know, you follow all your buddies and bands, but it's like, you like flyer, you know? Yeah. And, but the cool thing about the TikTok app is like, you get on there, you're like, 
what did the world make today? You know, right. it's pretty cool. Like I hate TikTok for that reason because I'll just fucking sit on it forever. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, it is interesting. My and my feed is so fucking weird, dude. It's like become mainly stand up comedy. Nice. It's like all stand up comedy and then it's like music production. Uh and then just like random shit. I don't know. It's it's real weird. I think mine's like it's funny cuz my wife like her TikTok is dr- drastically different than mine. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but mine's mostly like skateboarding. Yeah, I get a lot of skateboarding um, and shit too. Boats, like fishing <laughs> videos and uh butts. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I didn't yeah. intentionally, you know, I don't, I, I guess it's cause like, you know, you swipe it through and there's some chick doing some dance and you're like, well, <laughs> let's see if she's 12 or not. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> see yeah. how bad I feel for watching this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I usually, I, I try like when I first got on TikTok, I, uh, made, uh, such a point to not like I didn't want my feed to be that. Yeah. So like, if I do see that shit, I just try to swipe past it. Cause Dude, it's like, I, I don't up. want, I didn't, I didn't realize I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's getting, it's getting better yeah. though. <laughs> it is crazy. But it, what's fucked is like, that's like the most popular, like mainstream. That is what people know of TikTok is just like young kids doing like dances and shit. Yeah. And it's just like, and I don't want any part of that. I don't want to be Dude, near the, it. Just swipe past the it. The best is when you see them in the wild. Like you'd oh, be like someone filming it. You'd be yeah. at the beach and, and you'll see them doing it. And yeah. You're like, you look fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, <laughs> shit. What was I going to say? Uh, fuck you. TikTok. We got off, off subject. Yeah. They, they <laughs> control all of our brains now. Yeah. I want to get back to you as a songwriter. Um, because, uh, I mean, that's like what pulled me into Pasadena was just like, you know, the lyrical, content of stuff that made me just as a teenager even just like some lyrics that were just like oh damn dude like that's some real shit and like it really did help like it, I think about it a lot of like what formed me as a songwriter especially as I meet other songwriters today who like go about it very differently like I got friends that write lyrics that are just like well this you know I didn't really mean anything like this just fucking sounds cool you know what I mean and I'm like damn it's like I've always written very honestly and try to write like very deeply about what I'm writing about and I think back to it I'm like well yeah I grew up like looking up to people like Joey Harcum and Pasadena who like, you know, and you, where you write like these very, very real emotional type of types of lyrics. And, uh, I just want to know, like, when did you start songwriting and when did, like, what were your, who were you listening to that you wanted to write songs like? Um, at the beginning, um, it's so weird because I was like, I've always had, um, a very, odd like group of like whatever I'm into like back then I was really super into like Lauren Hill and Johnny Cash which yeah. like don't it's like oil and, and, and water you know yeah. like totally fucking different but it was like I was either like listening to hip hop or like uh, Bob Marley Johnny Cash like uh, Harry Belafonte like I love all that old shit loved it um, and you know of course, I was like everybody else, you know, Love Sublime, Green Day. Um, and this was this was like back, you know, I like saw Green Day in concert. Like you would go see like a show, you know, like yeah. before they were like massive. Yeah, which is crazy because I've only known them as like. Dude, wild, man. International superstars, yeah. Yeah. And um, so the one thing I think that 
my writing style was it's just very personal so i can't i can't really and i it's a it's kind of a bad thing when you think about it like i wish i could make up a story yeah like we were talking about decemberist um earlier like he just has these beautifully written songs that take you on like a journey but like everything yeah. for me it's all been like personal something that personally affected me same or you and know I write so, the exact same way yeah you know when we were growing up um uh heroin was very bad in my community and, and, and family so that's just what i that's what i wrote about yeah you know and uh and really um writing about it kind of got me out of that lifestyle you know, I still I drink like a fish, but uh, <laughs> uh, I used to, I used to do, you know, used to be bad back in the day. Uh, thank God, you know, I got, I got, a, I got, I'm counting dead friends on my toes now, you know, but uh, that's just what, that's what affected me. So that's right. what we wrote about. And then once we got on the road and stuff, there was just so much living to do you know yeah. I mean, we were fucking we were pirates man yeah so plenty of stuff to write about and then you know nowadays we got a little baby and and that's all i'm writing about now like yeah. i can't stop <laughs> yeah. but yeah just like you said writing honestly that's just how the only way i know how to do it yeah same yeah i don't i've tried to like because i do like i i have a lot of respect for like you know, people who are just telling stories or just making shit up and just like saying it to say it, you know? And I think that's fucking super cool and definitely like mm -hmm. is something that, um, I like, but it's like, I literally only know how to write like extremely personally and like be honest in my music because that's like the only, that's the reason I started right. doing it was just to like have an outlet. You know, I was like such a, a sensitive and emotional kid in a house of all men, you know, where it was like, you you don't talk about your feelings around here, you know, especially a bunch oh, of Irish, no, Irish motherfuckers. Yeah, I was just gonna say, especially a bunch of Irish motherfuckers. <laughs> you stuff that you know shit I mean? down, man. Yeah, you don't you, talk about that. You bury it. You drink whiskey and you die, dude. Like that's like that's the yeah, was the whole thing. Bury it till it kills uh, you. <laughs> right, and I just like was a kid who just had like way too many feelings to and and didn't know how to process them. So and I would listen to music and be like, oh, they can do that. You know, mm -hmm. like it's okay if you do it like that. So that's, I think, you know, what, what really pulled me to writing like that was just like, it was just an outlet for me to just like talk about shit that I wasn't necessarily okay to talk about otherwise, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, um, with, with the old band, it was kind of like, it was cool because, um, I would be writing, you know, like, um, um, damn, what's the song name? Knife in my back, dig a little bit deeper every day. Uh, uh, roll with the punches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Me reminding you of your own song title. <laughs> roll with the punches. You that know, song is fucking amazing. Very dude. emotional song. Um. But then we'd have Matt, you know, in the band who could. Who could really drive home like, with a hip hop verse for yeah. those emotional songs, exactly what you know I could probably not do in that time frame. That's I think that's what makes Pasadena and like Sick and Tired as an album specifically so special was me hearing it as a 14 year old and being like it's like really like groovy fucking songs and but like also these really good acoustic songs and like you know it, I never could pinpoint what it reminded me of and that's why I liked it 
Um, you know, I feel like most people easily would say sublime, but at the same time, it's also, it's so not sublime. Yeah. And, uh, there's definitely, there's punk elements to it, but there's like, you know, folk elements to it. And then you have a rapper and you have a horn section and it's like, you know, it was such a different thing, but it worked so well. And like you were saying, like, you know, where you had the, you know, are singing these hooks or, or whatever. And, and these verses, and then you have Matt Ritchie would come in and just rap these like really like intense, like stories and like shit and say some real fucking like deep shit in his like rap verses that just worked so well. Uh, specifically, Toolbox, which is the song opener, I believe. It's the opener of the Sick and Sired album. Mm. So that's your first thing that comes in. And it's, you know, you two, I think it shows both you guys like perfectly uh, of what Pasadena was, um, whether you realize that or not, as picking it as the first track of the album. But it really is a, a great introductory of like, this is what Pasadena is. Is like, I think Toolbox is a perfect song to sum that up, where you're talking about just like, you know, the idea of like labor. Uh, yeah. For your whole life of just like you're just working forever, like for the man. I had um that song. I I moved to the city, and um me and Aaron worked on a on a horse farm, like thirty <laughs> miles away. We moved to the city, and I had a little beat up Ford Ranger, and uh, we moved like midtown, and uh, I sold my truck, and I got a job a block away, uh, catering um weddings. Nice. And, uh, it was like before we were full time and we were just starting to play clubs and stuff, but it was like, I would walk every day, a block over to work, get off at night, walk back to my apartment next day, same thing. So it's like, I was just like feeling like shit, man. I'm like, yeah. this is my fucking life. Yep. Like I just get up and go to work and come home and go to bed. Yeah. It's like Christ. <laughs> yeah and it's a good song man yeah. it's, it's definitely one that uh, a lot of people can relate to there's actually a song on the post prime record that i originally wrote that was a very similar topic of just like working a nine to five and realizing like that's all life is for most people you know yeah it's just like work every day and it's just in order to make ends meet you know it's just like uh I feel very lucky in up, that respect yeah. that we don't you know that we can do things that we love yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I'm still fucking living with my parents and just like, cause it's just like, I'm not stopping yet and I'm going to take Dude. it, you know, you gotta, you got all the time in the world, baby. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, you had to think about it is like, you know, takes a decade to get, to get it right. You know, yeah, that's about, what I've realized. Everybody I talk yeah. to, it takes a decade of hard work and, and trial and error. And totally. Um, and I mean, and I feel very lucky to have kind of watched it, you know, of watched your, you know, success and mistakes over the years that just kind of like take a backseat as like a young kid to kind of be like, oh, okay, this is what to do and what not to do and, and kind of build my knowledge that way from seeing how you guys did it for so long. Well, and another like beautiful thing about things now is, um, and I was, I was listening to, um, uh, Joe, Joe Pug's podcast and they were talking about this, but, uh, it's like, you don't have to before, all these tools and, and um, streaming and everything, you had to either make it or fucking quit. You know, yeah. there was no in between, but now yeah. you can see exactly where you fit in and you can be like a boutique act. That yeah. Like, you know, maybe you only play 
one region, and that's fine. Right. You make a whole life and live in it and make plenty of people happy that's literally, without ever going to play L.A. You know, like, yes, that is that is literally like the post-prom goal is like, you know, some of us, like some of the guys in the band have like full-time jobs, you know what I mean, and are like, and are good where they're at. But it's like, you know, so all we're trying to do is like be like regionally successful. You know what I mean? If we could just play like the Northeast for the rest of our lives and, and do all right, you know, and just like keep putting out records yeah. and people keep giving a shit. Like that's all that is. I'm good, man. Like my buddy, Matt from super American, who they're the band that I'm, I'm going on tour with. I uh, always says like the whole, like, I just want to not have to go to work. Like right. whatever that, that line is where if I can get above that line where I can play shows, write music and I don't have to go to work. I'm mm-hmm. good. Like that's all I need. And, you the, know? and the funny thing is it's, way more labor yeah. to not work and do this, you yeah. know, like, but it doesn't feel like it. So, you Correct. know, you're like, it feels yeah, great. Do what you it, love. At the end of the day, day of the you, know, life, you know, like tonight we're going to put in a 10 hour day at that yeah. club, you know, and, um, but it doesn't feel like it, you know, you, you drive, you know, six to eight hours sometimes between gigs or 14 or whatever, you know, sometimes yeah. you got to leave right after the gig just to be able to make sound check the next day. Right. But it just it's it's crazy. I, my, I tell him my, my cousin always um, reminds me of uh, of that because I used to tell him the same thing. Like I I just don't want to have to work. I want to do what I love. And he's like, "Well, you're telling me about your tour. It seems like a lot of work." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah. It's you know it's fucking rough, man. But but I'm not clocking in. You know. Right. I want to be doing both when I'm on that tour. I'm working my day job from the road i tm'd and opened up uh a few tours for my irish buddy man and it is that's a long day yeah, that's what i'm saying <laughs> to be a, i'm gonna be tming and you know what i mean working an yeah. actual job like doing both so oh you're gonna be working oh yeah yep. yeah it's gonna be a lot for sure and i'm not like a lot stoked of coffee about shops it. yeah 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 <laughs> well i'm getting I'm, I'm gonna invest in like a nice like hot spot to oh, be able nice. to yeah. to you know while we're driving i can fucking just be clocked in but um Ballyhoo's got like a satellite, I think. They have like Wi-Fi in their van. That's, yeah, I've looked into that as well. It's like crazy expensive. It, well, the thing is, if this becomes like if, you know, Super American might be touring uh, a lot next year. So if that does happen, you know, that might be something that we look into where it's like, you know, if we're, if it's worth it, you know, if we're going to be touring eight months out of the year, we might as well take the time to invest in getting Wi-Fi installed in the van, um, you know, so we can be able to make sure we can do that shit. It's good though, like we were talking earlier, um, you know, that you're going to be TMing and doing merch and helping out, and like, that's how it's got to be. Yeah. Like the the sound guy, if you bring a sound guy, he better know how to do lights too. Yeah. You know, or he better like he better be loading in with you. you right. Know, like you right. need you need the smallest crew possible. So to have like, and that's what you see like bands that have like guys who play piano and horn and guitar and like, man, I wish. Now that I'm older. I wish I would have took the time to learn more instruments when I was younger because yeah. old brain and young brain are different brains. Like, <laughs> it's hard for me to learn new things now. Yeah, no, sh- yeah, no, I feel the same for sure. Um, I will find that when I try to do like music production stuff now, you know, where I'm trying to like, cause I have, you know, a, a full, not a full, but like a decent home studio here that I can like yeah. actually like track demos and stuff. And it's like, I come up with an idea in my head and be like, 
I don't know how to fucking play that. You know what I mean? And then it's like, I try to figure something out and try to learn a new thing of like how that works or uh, try to learn a new understanding of music theory that it's like, mm-hmm. dog, if I would have taken the time at like 12, 13, when I was learning how to play guitar to like actually understand music theory rather than just oh, like yeah. read tabs and play chords. Like it's like, fuck that would benefit yep. me so much right now. But like trying to learn it now is so difficult. You know? I'm, I'm trying a little bit myself is uh, Joe, my bass player, Joe, he, he went to, um, he went to college like for, for music for yeah like yeah. he's like he's got like a degree in bass yeah that's sick <laughs> you know that's so sick and uh and then charlie my guitar player he's he's same thing he records his own stuff and he's super super like talented knows theory and and um they talk to each other in numbers you know yeah like it's one one three but and i'm like nope i have no idea talking about? yeah so now joe's like every time we start a song he's like what keys it in and I'm I'm counting the frets. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. You know, uh, what I say the other day, I was like, uh, I forget, but I'm always wrong. <laughs> I used to keep those so much. I'm like, uh, yeah. Know. One thing I don't I don't understand like time signatures like at all. Nah. Like if we're yeah. especially that's another thing. Me and my buddy were trying to demo out a song we wrote, and we're like, what fucking time signature is this in and we're like trying to figure out like <laughs> like we wrote the song you know but we, we got the song down but we're trying to track it and figure out the the click to put behind it we have no idea what the time signature it's is it's like listening you know? to mars volt and you're like what the fuck is going on here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. why does this even work yeah so <laughs> i uh i very much try to just hone in on on my simplicity of just like three four and four four you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like that's that's all i need i write pop music that's all i need to write i don't got my brain does not have the capacity to handle anything beyond that yeah, man. Um, our little boy is going to learn how to play some piano. There you go. For sure. Yeah, man. That's another thing. I'm trying to learn piano. You know what I mean? Like, I know the basics of piano, but like actually becoming a piano player is like, feels like such a reach at this point right. in my life. But I know if I would have actually taken the time to try to learn it as a kid, I would, mm-hmm. I would be crushing it right now. And it makes yep. me so mad that I'm not because I love, you know, I mean, I've always loved like playing the acoustic guitar, you know? Uh, and, and writing, so I, I've written every song I write is for the most part is on an acoustic guitar. And, and I love that style of like, you know, the, the rawness of, of that sound. And like the other thing that goes with that is piano, you know? And I love mm-hmm. these singer songwriters that can do both. I'm just like, fuck man. Like, I feel like I'm just so limited I because I can't play piano. Go to, go to an Avid Brothers concert and you'll be like, I'm just going to fucking quit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so good. It is not. I feel the same thing about like death cab and, and yeah. shit like that, man. I play piano, banjo, guitar, yeah. you know, it's like fucking crazy. Yeah, man. So, so many and, and dudes who are like actual bass players. I'm like, fuck dude. Like, right. I got no idea. Like, I mean, how that shit works. My guy's playing a seven foot tall, fretless, upright bass. That's so and sick. And like, I've like held it for him while he like had to do something. Yeah. And I just try and pluck one. I'm like, yeah, no idea. That's, this is hard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's nuts. I can't imagine playing without frets, man. Um, I get away with it for like half a song maybe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, no way, dude. There's so much that like I try to play like even with like the, so this post prom release show we got coming up, like tonight we're practicing for it and this is going to be like our seventh or eighth practice of this set. And I try to so much, not even look at my hands while I'm playing. You know what I mean? But there's some stuff that's like, I have no idea where I'm at on the guitar right now. You know, did you watch, watch Wolfie play in bumping uglies? He don't look down once. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. He'll be, I mean, he's, he's flying up and yeah. down the neck. It's like, geez, man. Yeah. No way. That takes some uh, mind over matter. I yeah. think you're, you're it like... is crazy. <laughs> it is funny when like, 
people who are like not musically inclined try to like talk to me about like music and i'm like dog i really don't know what i'm doing like i know i know some chords and i know like all in the same way i'm like talking yeah. to you guys cause yeah, yeah yeah i'm useless <laughs> yeah or or people who know more about music than you that try to like talk to you about your songs and you're like i didn't even know i did that you right. know what i mean like yeah like uh, i don't know someone did something to me recently about a post-prom song like i sang a melody the a certain melody i sang a certain way they were like oh you did one of something or and i'm like dog i don't even I just like, hell going. yeah i did <laughs> <laughs> like i'm just going for tell it, me yeah. what i did again yeah 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 for real yeah absolutely I, not i think the only the only time i've written songs that weren't on my acoustic was um for the hurricane album interesting my um my wife bought me a ukulele for my 30th oh, birthday nice. And I wrote like half of that album on a ukulele. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> and if, if you go back and listen to it, I play the ukulele on, on a lot of the songs. Yeah. And then um, they're just so fragile. I was like, I'm going to start playing ukulele shows. And like yeah. the third show, like the input snapped off from the way. Yeah, the they really like, are. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, it's hard to. <laughs> I have I have one that I got for like 200 bucks maybe. That's like, and they, I, it Great was thing to have thing. in the front seat though. Like yeah. On the, on the road. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Yeah. I had, a, I, I had a melodica for a little while, so I was getting pretty good with my right hand playing, you know, you know, melodica is like a little piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah with to. the tube thing on it. Yeah. And I loved it, man. But, uh, I just couldn't, couldn't learn piano. Yeah. So, you know, it's and, hard. um, also drove my wife crazy cause I'd be playing around the yeah, house all day. Yeah, those things are not super quiet. <laughs> yeah. 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 Damn. Um, how's your son? 10 months, man. 10 months. Yeah. How's crazy. that been? It's just, everything's different now. It's yeah. crazy, man. He's, he's like super good kid as far as, you know, I only, it's our first kid, but, uh, it's just been a blast. And we were lucky to, she was, she told me she was pregnant. My wife told me she was pregnant. Um, two days before everything's locked down. Holy so, shit. Um, it was terrifying. Obviously before we knew, what you know we were getting into with the with the pandemic but um the cool thing was i was home for the entire pregnancy yeah and i this will be the longest trip i've taken since i've been born yeah so i've, I've really been there for every little thing man it's been yeah. nuts i remember what uh during like the uh at some point you know when he was born you were uh Doing like live streams, like Instagram live streams, bro. You were crushing the live streams. It was Dude, sick. It got me through, man. It's crazy. It was sick. I loved how often you were doing it. I loved how professional it was when you were doing it. Like you had it, like like you were playing a show, like you oh, were just yeah, like man. fucking around. But there were a lot where nobody like, was doing that either. I was like, oh, yeah. I made an event. Nobody, a flyer, you nobody. Know? Like, like, this is my gig. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like so, like huge bands were doing it. You know what I mean? And like charging for it, you know, but mm -hmm. you were just like putting a set together and putting it. And it was great, man. I loved, and I loved watching them, but you all, there was, I remember watching somewhere like your son was just like chilling. Dude. You know what I mean? Like in the, I live know, stream, and I felt, you sick. know, Allie would like, I'd be like, bring him over. And she's like, yeah. I don't want to be on camera. I'm like, bring him over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, um, that was a, I tell you what, minus, you know, how awful this whole thing is and, and tragic, but there were definitely uh, some silver linings, but the live streams, man, it was a very cool experience because, um, I mean, some of these guys are, have spent thousands of dollars on their setup and everything. And, um, you know, to be on all platforms at once and nice mics like these and stuff. And I tried, I got the, um, what's it called? OBS or whatever. It yeah. Is. That's what I used to record this. Yeah. Yeah. I bought that. And, um, I got my media card and everything and I'm 
hooked it all up and it didn't work. Shit. Like fuck. And then uh, Charlie came over and showed me how to do it. I just always had problems with it. And I've, I'm just not that technical. Yeah. So I found um, a phone case online that had a really nice wide angle like camera lens that you screwed into the case. Yeah. And then I bought one of those little things that hold the phone. Yep. And that's what I did. Yeah. And that's yeah, it what I really used the good. entire yeah. time. And people were like, how are you making this so good? I was like, I'm just not hooking it up to nothing. It's just, yeah. the, it's the microphone on the iPhone. Right. You know? And um, it was cool too because now I didn't have a big setup. So when it was first happening, um, a, a boat dealership in Baltimore was like, "Hey, come out and do a live stream on our one of our yachts. We'll drive you around the harbor." Sick. So I'm fucking playing on a yacht, man. Yeah. Like, and uh, you know, I promoted it and uh, had a couple people on boats come out there and follow us around the harbor. And yeah. Then um, my buddy Sean. Owen, the most like, Maryland um, shit I've yeah. ever heard. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, my, my buddy, Sean Owen in, in Annapolis, he's a musician himself, but he's also a captain. So he, um, he captains these catamarans out of Annapolis. So I went played on the catamaran. We went through, uh, you know, down in Annapolis through all that stuff. And, um, and then the cool thing is we'd be traveling somewhere, uh, did a lot of like camping in the van, you know, when you couldn't do nothing. Yeah. So we've been like on the beach, we're like ah, fuck it, I'll throw do do a show on the beach. Yeah, you know it's kind of cool. Like you change, I try to make every show different. Right, and then I'd have that's what I'm saying. Guest like, people come in. Yeah. Like every single live stream, I'd have a guest from like Pasadena or like another band in town will come or like Ray or somebody. Yeah. You know, so it's like always a different show, or I'd, I'd move the environment around and stuff. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I what I really did love about like the early days of the pandemic was how creative people got Mm -hmm. where it was just like, all right, we're stuck home, but like the grind is still there. Like the drive is still behind me to like do something. You know what I mean? Whether you're a musician or a visual artist or whatever, or a business owner, you know what I mean? Like everybody was just trying to come up with any way they could to like figure out how to still work and like be creative. And it was so fucking cool to see everybody do it in, in their own way and, and see success from it. So the, um, the coolest show was the or the drive-in shows. Yeah, those were fucking amazing. Yeah, was, that was a genius idea when those started popping up for real. It was like very strange because, you know, there's no crowd, and they really? were re- really far away. Really, yeah. you know, but you get done a song, and what they did was they ran the sound through the radios. Yeah, and so people would be like hang, tailgating in their car, and you get done a song, and instead of clapping, you just all the horns. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Wow, that's sick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how's everybody feeling tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is nuts. I wonder how they do that without a delay. That makes that fucking is crazy. I went to the driving recently to to see a movie and it was my first time there in a in a long time. And uh I'm watching the movie and just like thinking about it like that it's like radio signal and I'm just like, there's no delay. Like it's perfectly in sync with what I'm watching. You know yeah, I mean? like it's yeah. like how the fuck do they do that? Like that seems way too complicated for me to ever understand. Other cool thing was um like a lot of backyard private parties, you yeah, know, and um totally, yeah. And really for the most part there definitely are some like I love playing private parties. There's, there's some like dirt bags that didn't give two shits about anything, but yeah. for the most part everybody's very cool like spaced out chairs yeah. and stuff and um I would normally before the pandemic never book a house concert. Yeah. They were like, that's so funny. Cause that's like my bread and butter. They were, they like kind of terrified me. Yeah. Um, 
just because, you know, sometimes you're just playing acoustic in a living room. I've done that so many. I, those are my favorite shows. Well, now they're like one of my favorite yeah. shows because it was kind of like necessary to do. That was a big thing in, in college. I went to Fredonia, which is like, you know, 45 minutes from here. Um, and that was just like the thing. Like there were a, a couple of venues in Fredonia, but it was it's a big music town. You know, it's a college right. town full of, they got a huge music program. So it's tons, of, there's tons of bands, tons of performers, tons of musicians. And uh, that was just such a big thing there. You played basements, you played living rooms. You, right. you know what I mean? And like, yeah, we did a lot of that with sick, the band. Dude. It's so intimate. When we were young. Um, but it was like rager parties, you know, which, yeah, yeah, which yeah. feels a lot different than like coming into a, like a family. Oh yeah. 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 Household. And yeah. Like, it's different you know, for sure. That's different. Yeah. Like sure. when you play, when you're playing like the college fucking cake party, you're yeah, like, this yeah, yeah, is yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's the fucking, it's a dream, dude. It's a dream. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, dude, that was like, I mean, growing up and like, you know, the first bands I really loved were all like in the two thousands era. That was like, the vibe, like for like, I'm thinking of like American Pie movies and like old school mm-hmm. and stuff. It was like if you had like you had a huge party and you had bands playing at it. You know what I mean? And like, as I grew up, that just like went away. So like, when I got to college and realized that was a thing again, it's like, yo, this is the coolest fucking yeah. thing ever. This is all I wanted. You know what I mean? It's just to play a fucking party. We would um, when we were when we were young, living in the city, uh, it's actually how we got like our first kind of big gig was um, we had a basement apartment and uh, we. We couldn't get a gig anywhere, so we would just fucking play in the living room. We'd put, push all the couches against the wall, and we'd invite all our friends over, and we'd Hell yeah. fucking, dude, we'd terrorize the entire block. Yeah. Like, and um, the guy, uh, Steve Gordon, who's actually a, a massive success now, um, he manages some of the biggest like DJs in, in the world. It's, oh, cool. It's, it's, I'm so happy for like what he's done. But at the time, he, was the, he, was the, he booked um, Sonar in Baltimore mm-hmm. and he lived in the apartment next to us. Oh no shit. So, uh, he, um, we knew him just from like the front step, you know, we'd be like, Hey, what's up, man? Yeah. I had no idea what and, he did um, or anything. And he come knocking on the door. He, he worked for, you know what, how they used to give out cigarettes back in the day? No. <laughs> <laughs> they used to literally come to bars, like the, the Marlboro guy with a bag full of cigs. And like, if you, you signed up, for like you gave them an email and your number, they give you a free pack of smokes. So like when the Holy shit. when the cigarette guy came in, everybody's like, "Hell yeah, yeah, cigarette man!" Um, but he he worked for he worked for that company as well. So he come down one day with all the cigarette guys, and they we were at a house party, getting yeah. free cigs, and uh, he stuck around for a couple of songs. And it's like he's like, you know what? A band, the opening band dropped out. Um, next Saturday, you guys want to play at the club? There you we're go. Like, Fuck yeah, man! Yeah, there you go. And we just brought all of our dirtbag friends there, and, uh, <laughs> and then we we were the opening band for a long time after that at that club. <laughs> yeah, that's sick. That's such a cool cool yeah. way to to get started. Um, how old were you when you? Do you remember how old you were when you wrote the song "Sick and Tired"? Um, I was probably nineteen or twenty. And since you've been playing shows, I have you not played that song? Is there any night, nights where you don't play that song? Very seldomly. Maybe, maybe like. I've never seen you not play it. Like I, my. And I got. If I don't play it, I forget to play it. You know, I, I yeah, like yeah, definitely. It's definitely still the most popular. It's crazy. Song. I mean, it's got million. It's got over a million streams on Spotify, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know. It had been out 
I don't know when Spotify became a thing, but the early 2010s, you know, I think. it was probably out years before that, yeah. you know, which is a funny thing. Like we, you know, we had a label for, um, sick and tired and, uh, they were keeping track of numbers. I couldn't tell you, you know what we did, but I'm, it's, it's insane to think like that a million $1 downloads on Apple on iTunes, you know, can you yeah. fucking imagine? Like, right. it's just not like that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy, man. And that's, I mean, that song is insane and it's like, you could retire off one song. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. That song was everything, man. That's the song that like, I feel like when I showed my, you know, cause like that was my whole thing. I was so excited that it was like, this band is super good. And like, they like me, you know what I mean? And it's like, and like I hang out with them. It was, so it was like, of course, as like a teenager, I was going back to school and be like, you guys gotta listen to this band. Like it was the only thing I cared about. But like, that was the song sick and tired of rock bottom or like the two songs that like pulled everybody in. And, uh, you well, know. we, I mean, we do, we love you guys. We like, we have a long relationship with your family, you know, yeah, like, totally. We started playing O'Neill's yep. and, um, you know, and it's even coming here. It's been so long, but I'm like, Oh, this is his folks house. I've yeah. When you showed up last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still here, baby. Yeah, man. We love your yeah. family, man. They're great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it has been a long time for sure. I just think about that all the time that I'm like, dude, this, this guy's, but you know, you wrote that song probably 17 years ago and you're still playing it every night. And it's just like, do you get sick of it? No, I don't. That's good. Yeah. There's that's a good song. Like there are some songs that I do not like playing. Anymore, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. uh, it's usually more of like the, um, the more vulgar shit, you know, like, yeah, that, like I'm like old now. I'm like, yeah. ah, I don't want to say fuck a bunch of times in a right. song anymore. <laughs> Dude, that is, that is funny too, because, uh, the new post prom album, there's not, there's no swear words. There's no curse words on the entire right. album. And I did well, not on purpose. It's just like, I think I just, you know, started growing up a little bit and started mm -hmm. writing differently and just like, we didn't realize it until like we went to go like publish it and you have to like check if there's explicit lyrics or not. And I checked the whole album. I'm like, it's not a swear word on this entire album. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it has its place depending on what you're, you're talking about. You know, yeah. if, if you're, if you're, if you're angry about something and you're writing about it. Yeah, totally. But yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to get the point across without that. Yeah, nowadays. absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I did put... I did put fucking one of the songs on a new record. Nice. Uh, but it's very tasteful. Yeah, good. good, good, good. <laughs> I remember being like a teenager and hearing you had that song, Creepin'. Yeah. And this, the, there's a part that says, fuck you, pig. And like being Bro. like, yeah, being like a young kid and being like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, well, I tell you what. About it. And um, now, yeah. Funny thing was, you know, as I got older, all the cops in town. Sort of like your band. Were my age and knew you know, knew yeah. that song. Yeah. And, um, it was so funny that I was at a gas station and, um, guy I went to high school with, he was, he ended up being a, a police officer. And, uh, he said something to me at the pump. He was like, Hey man, I heard that song, but in a good way, it was like, yeah. I he dug it for some reason. Yeah. And uh, I was like, Hey, you want a CD? He's like, no, I can't accept anything from people while I'm working. Like you, they're not allowed. I couldn't give him a CD. Yeah. Weird. It was like against the rules. Yeah. <laughs> strange. Yeah, it is funny. I just, I don't know. I remember hearing that song as a kid and being like, I don't know, the teen angst in me was just like. Oh, no, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the, the song is just about like going out and smoking weed and drinking with your buddies. and <laughs> it's in the like park vandalism. And, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if the cops show up, fuck them. Yeah, it's just like, you know, for me as like a 16-year-old hearing that song, I was like, that was fucking awesome. 
Tell you what, I'm surprised. We used to be pretty unhinged back in the day. I'm yeah. surprised I never never got caught yeah. <laughs> doing any of the fucked up shit I used to do. For real. <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy shit. So first, uh, is this this is your first long tour since the pandemic, huh? First, um, it's it's not it's only about t- twelve. It's ten shows, so oh, okay. it's not it's not necessarily a long run, but it's the longest run that I'll be doing since the baby. Yeah, and since the pandemic, um, we did like a six six day thing. Um, dude, we did six days in uh in the Caribbean, like. It was amazing. I, yeah. I felt so bad because we left like Allie and the baby at home. It was just me and Joe in like St. John. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're like in paradise for six days, but the whole time we're just like missing that baby, man. It's like, man, this is like for some reason oddly hard to do, you know? Yeah. It's just like a whole new life with this kid, man. And even today, man, I'm missing him. And yeah. we just left, you know? Right. That's what I was, wow, uh, that's man. basically what I, the conversation I was trying to get into is just like, how are you feeling about it? Crazy, like, man. It's yeah. nuts. And that's another thing that for me, that's, um, you know, I can see why people work smart when they have a kid. Cause yeah. it's like, why am I going to play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in markets that aren't going to pull right. when I could be home? You know, like we've, I've been, I've been since pandemic, I've been, I played Florida, uh, South Carolina, um, Colorado. Like I said, we went to, we went to, um, Virgin Islands, but I'm, I'm flying out doing three shows in markets where I know I can sell tickets and then coming right home. And I'm like, fuck, why haven't I been doing this? (laughs) Right. This is great. Yeah. Nuts, man. This is the first like action, the van scene, um, since it all started. Yeah. You know? Besides, like, the weekend trips to Jersey or something like that, you know. And even being up here, I haven't been up in Buffalo in so long. It's yeah, crazy I know. It's been a long time. you guys were really locked down. Even when our venues were opening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember, like, seeing your shit. I'm like, I can't believe they're fucking playing shows again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I couldn't believe. I mean, I did, dude, I didn't play. You guys weren't. <laughs> My first show back was whenever. It was our Blink-182 cover band. Uh, I don't even remember when it was. End of July, maybe. Um, wow, that was my first show back. Yeah, and the last show I played before that was wow February of 2020. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean even so, even last summer <clears throat> I was playing in parking lots. You know, right? Like, See, I I never fucking did any shit like that. I did like I didn't do anything. I literally was not performing. I just kind of like I was writing. I just like right. found this time of just like you know I built this like room and you know, started to do like studio stuff and just like really got into like just trying to hone in on sound songwriting. And I wrote some of the fucking best yeah. shit I've ever written, which is crazy right. because with the album we just put out has been written since before the pandemic. Like wow. we were done writing it in the fall of 2019 and just put it out now. But it's like, dude, the amount I've learned since then is like crazy. So it's like, it is weird. The timeline between when you like write something to when you get it out, especially when you put a pandemic in between it. Do it's you, like, do you listen back to it and, and have like ideas for like, no, no, I actually, surprisingly, I don't for this one. Like there's not, I think because we listened to it so much and like through the pandemic, like it was just like, everything was set. I don't know. I just like, I really like the way it came Great. out. I'm really proud of it for sure. But like that's I, a good I'm thing. If you can, if you can yeah. sit on it for so long and not, not and look still, back yeah. and be like, well, maybe I would have done that. A little well, bit. what's funny is, and we were all doing this, all the, all the guys in the band, we would do this like, 
the album was done in I think March it was finally like completely done and so like you know you listen to it when it's first mastered like you have the final masters and everything and and I would listen to it and be like wow like this is really great you know and then just like stop listen to it for a while and then like be like, uh, is it really that good? Like start second guessing myself and then go back and listen to it and be like, oh no, it's good. It's yeah, still good. good. You know man. what I mean? And so we had a lot of time, which I think helped us out for sure. Um, I think about a lot. We were supposed to go in the studio in April of 2020 and that didn't happen. It got pushed back to August mm-hmm. and we ended up splitting the dates between like drums and guitars and then vocals. Like we're like a completely, there was like a month between them. Mm. And I was like, felt weird about it. But looking back, it's like, I'm so happy that happened because it gave me so much time to prep and like everything and like Mm -hmm. everything that happened. I'm like so happy that it did because like I, I, the product that came out of it was, was awesome. And I'm super stoked about it and and finally happy to have it out to people. And that like, we're getting the response that we are has been so cool to see kind of this hard work starting to pay off and shit. But there is that part of me that's just like, I know I'm writing so much better songs now. And it's like, and I can't wait to fucking just yeah, start working on these. Great, you know what I mean? Yeah. The thing with, with shows opening back up though, and the reason it took so long was literally because it was like, it all, it, it seemed like all at once we like got the go ahead and it was like, okay, live concerts can happen again. And it was just like, and then everywhere was booked. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. You know, especially in, the music scene in Buffalo is just fucking massive. It's like of all genres, especially cover bands, shit like that. So like live music in Buffalo is huge. And it's just like every, you know, like every other bar has live music, like one night a week, you know, it's like nuts, but it was like so hard to get in literally fucking anywhere. It was, it took a long time to get something booked. Yeah. It's, it's everybody's like getting back to it tour right now. You know? It's yeah. Like, so I mean, you can't, you can't really, if you're like our level, it's hard because a lot of these bigger bands are playing the smaller rooms. Yeah. You know, and, um, there's so much going on right now, which is awesome. You know? Yeah. Well, I want every fucking bartender to make a thousand bucks a night. You know, I want like, I want like everybody to do well, but, uh, I've definitely, the people I've been talking to is a little bit of a lull right now. Um, as far as normal numbers for, for people, uh, ticket sales, because I think there's so much going on. Yeah. People got to kind of pick and choose because every weekend there's another. Exactly. Yeah. Bridge, show. which at first was sick because it was like, people were so desperate to see live music. Yeah. Dude, my first show back was playing a Blink-182 cover show. We played an hour of Blink-182 songs at this club and we fucking packed the place. Like packed it, dude. And I'm like, this would have never happened right. prior to the pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, but it was like, people were just so desperate to see anything yeah. Yeah. that it was just like, you know, and then that, and that lasted for a little bit, but I like, it was really good in the beginning. I think it's getting to a point now where it's almost, it's oversaturated and it's like, people have so many choices. Yeah. And it'll, go, it'll you know even I mean? out, but yeah. yeah, I just think, um, there's just so much going on right now. Yeah. It's crazy. And we're lucky too. another silver lining is like all the new music, coming out because everybody's been writing yeah you know? totally um but but that's also another thing that's like a little it's it's tough for a band like us that are trying to break through yeah and it's like we're putting out this album but it's like we're also competing with you know Fucking and and everybody I, I, on a friday when everybody's putting their shit out mm-hmm. you know it's like okay if i'm a consumer or a music listener okay it's friday i have this album to listen to this you know what i mean like yeah. on the, i know on the same day we put out an album like lil nas x put out his album yeah. and it was just like 
you know, not like we're anywhere close to competing yeah, with like this your, fucking your Spotify email is like blowing up, like, like you know. Right, this person this put put out this. This person put out that. You know what I mean? And it's like, and just your average consumer is gonna want to listen to all of it, and they're gonna prioritize. You know, right. so it's like it's tough to, especially in the fall, man. Everybody puts out their shit in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is it is weird how much things have shifted, and and all we can do as like working musicians is just adapt. Yep. Yeah. You know, just keep writing and putting out new new material. Yeah. You know. And um, I think what you did here with the studio, it's just a perfect idea. Thanks. It's great, man. Thanks, man. Fantastic. Yeah, it's been fun. And I just keep fucking buying guitars and building guitars and can't stop. How's that? Yes. Is that a neck right there? Yeah, that's a Strat neck I'm putting on. So I told you I, I play in the Blink. You making a, a Mustang? No, a Strat. <laughs> um, but it's uh, I play in the Blink cover band. And uh, I ended up buying a like Squire $300 Tom DeLong signature Stratocaster. That's just got one Seymour Duncan invader pickup in it. That's just like, it's just a punk guitar. You know what I mean? Uh, and I am in love with it. And, but I wanted to build one when we first started doing the cover band. So I took my first electric guitar ever was a Strat. That was like, it's like $200 and it. Like came, it was like a no name and it came with like an amp like a 10 watt amp. You know what I mean? It was like a kit that you got from a local music store. It was $200. <laughs> like my first guitar. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But it was a strap body. So, and I kept it for all these years. So I like found it and put the dust off of it and just stripped it and took the body and my buddy, John is paints guitars. And so he's was in the process of painting it nice, for me, man. but just like a lot of shit happened that he just hasn't been able to finish it. Um, but that is, what that neck is for. So I got really into building guitars cool, and shit man. too. Yeah. Like I just, I just installed new pickups on my jazz master and, um, it's very fun. Very nice. So, yeah, I, um, we, we got, we got a little, um, like a, an acoustic record coming out soon. Um, we're shopping it around right now and you know, ultimately when, when no label wants it, I'll put it yeah. out. But, uh, I play, I've recorded with a Telecaster, on one of the songs and I've never like played an electric guitar. Yeah. That's you know? crazy. Telly was my, so my first like nice guitar was a Fender American Telly that I got as like my, it was like two birthdays and a graduation from college present from right, my parents. Right. Cause it was like, you know, it's, they're pricey guitars. I also just bought a, uh, yeah, I borrowed Joe's. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Telly's a great man. They're so versatile. I love those guitars. A it was lot. cool. It felt good, man. A, a clean Telecaster. Yeah. There's nothing better in my opinion. A th- clean Telecaster through like a twin reverb or like a, a hot rod is just like, I got an old unreal. California blonde amp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, I think we're, we're what the, the move that I'm doing is, uh, starting a new year. Um, I'm bringing back Corey on drums. Yeah. So, so we're going to be basically touring with the band very smart. Um, cause, um, he, he has, a, he has a job, you know, um, but for the majority of my touring will be trio in kind of like a, a Wood Brothers situation or, or Ava Brothers, if you don't know the Wood Brothers, but just very simple, but lively. And I'm thinking maybe I'll bring the telly along yeah, yeah, yeah. for some of the songs. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. It'd be weird to see you with an electric guitar after seeing you with an acoustic guitar it's, in front of you for so long. It's yeah. super weird. It yeah. feels weird. Yeah. We um we had a like we were the first band to come back and play uh my favorite venue in Baltimore. And um Which is what? 
uh, Soundstage. Oh, yeah. Great I've venue. Heard, I've heard of it. Yeah. And uh, we were the first band, sold out, distant show, fucking awesome. Joe's wife goes into labor that day. Oh, my God. So um, my guitar player moves over to bass, and I'm on the telly, man. Yeah. Played the whole fucking show, distortion pedal and everything, man. Yeah. And uh, people are in the crowd looking at me like, what the fuck is going on yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I know, guys. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's I know. Weird, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is funny, man. It is funny. I always feel like I, I have had, I have a very good balance, I think, between the two. I've always kind of played both. And that's probably just from growing up worshiping the Goo Goo Dolls. Right. Because that was like, right. that dude's vibe was just like switching between acoustic and electric mm-hmm. all the time. Which I, I dig so it. Sick. I think I'm going to give it a shot, man. Yeah. It's so, it's crazy playing electric guitar when you're not used to it because it's like butter, man. Yeah, it's like, it is. Christ. Yeah. It's so, it's like, yeah. Well, that was my thing. Like, so when I first started playing guitar, my, my dad's or my mom's cousin taught me and, uh, I wanted to play electric guitar and he was like, no, you're going to learn on an acoustic. And I was like, I don't want to fucking learn. Like, I don't give a shit about an acoustic guitar. Like I love green day. Like, you right. know, like I want to just play power chords and shit. And he's like, nope, you're going to learn properly on an acoustic guitar. I was like 11. And he was like, trust me. He's like, if you learn an acoustic guitar, it'll be way easier when you try to switch to electric. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right. True. So I did. And it was fucking hard for like, you know, I'm 11 years old and for like six months I was taking lessons and playing uh acoustic guitar. And it was super fucking hard because it's the strings are thicker and you know, it's like, it's, it's uh you got to press harder and, and uh, yeah, it was fucking it is, tough. But, I'm so, like but a, I am so, so, so glad I did it. It's a workout, especially playing like the, like the folk punky kind of songs, you yeah, know, on acoustic, totally. like, yeah, Man, my arm would be burning. Yeah. And then I'll, you know, luxury just, you're just easy peasy, man. Yeah. It is funny because I do have friends who like are strictly like electric guys. And when like I, they see me play like acoustic guitars, they're like, dude, well, how do you, how, like, how do you <laughs> play an acoustic guitar that well? And I'm just like, that's what I fucking learned on. Right. It's like, yeah. It's like, it, it is crazy how like that matters. It's weird. I don't know why I had never picked up an electric. You would think with the, with the sound of the old band, I would play. Yeah. Play electric, but I, my first guitar, my dad bought me a electric guitar and, um, and I just didn't take to it. Yeah. And then, uh, he, he, my dad had like, at one point he had like eight guitars hanging up on the wall, Yeah, you know? And, um, I mean, these are all my dad's behind me. Those are all his acoustics. Yeah. My dad's also not an electric guitar player. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I just always, you know, always play acoustic, but, uh, it would, I think in my, my older years, I'll learn, learn some new stuff yeah. if I can. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Keep it fresh, man. Yeah, man. Keep it fresh. Um, we can start to wrap this up here. I think we've had a, a pretty good conversation here. Uh, we've been talking for oh, almost wow. an hour yeah, and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> it, it goes by quick. It always does. People are always yeah. surprised by how fast it goes. Um, but, man, what a... I think about our journey a lot and I, uh, I often forget about it cause it just stays in the back of my mind, you know, of just like my teenage years, like growing up, just following this band. Uh, and like, you know, from going with my parents to the show and then, you know, then I get a little bit older and now it's like, Oh, now I'm smoking weed in the van with the guys. You know what I mean? And now we're taking shots at the yeah. bar, you know, I think I remember the first time I took a shot with you. Yeah, It was ironworks. It was, uh, I had turned 21 a few it was summer of 2016 
and I had just turned 21 that spring. And, uh, yeah, we just shot Jameson oh my at, at Ironworks. And I had, I got so fucked up that night, dude. <laughs> I got so fucked up that night because, like, because the thing was there's, you know, the Pasadena family, like, in Buffalo is, like, all these people who have been coming to see you in Pasadena for all these years who saw me as a young kid, you know, are all there. And oh, yeah. everybody wants they to buy wanna, me a they shot. They destroy you. Know you. <laughs> yeah, because they're like, it's been a long time coming, you know. I got so yeah, fucked up man, that night. I literally I threw up on the floor of Ironworks. <sighs> I uh, I remember someone, uh, I think Paulie got me a shot. And I took a shot and it just came right back out and I just spit it right out of the floor. And I looked up and my one buddy was looking at me. And I was like, don't fucking tell anybody what just happened. Like, walk nobody away, else man. saw it. Yeah, walk yeah, yeah. away. Yeah. Dude, I saw, um, you know, I, People in podcast world probably don't know Paulie, but uh, he snuck up on us somewhere in Ohio. Yeah, that's where he's from. And um, it was the first time I'd seen him since he lost all the weight, all that yeah. weight. And I'm talking to him for probably two minutes. And I don't know who he is. <laughs> I'm just doing a normal thing, like yeah, yeah. Man, good to see you. Like yeah. trying to, in my head, trying to process who this right. person is. And he's like, "You don't know who I am, do you?" I was like, and I and I really had to get up close yeah. and look at him. I said, "Fucking Paulie." He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "What the?" Fuck man, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, nuts, man. He looks great. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. it's so funny. I but for a second, I like. He's like, dude, it happens all the time now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. He uh, he DJed my cousin's wedding. That was man. my first time seeing him in a while. I had this. I had to run. I, you know, it's a shame that we're only here for the day because I'd love to see everybody. Yeah, yeah, you'll be back. I won't miss the the hangover that I usually get though. Hanging out with yeah, everybody. Buffalo goes hard, <laughs> baby. Yeah, yeah. Man, I know shit, we maybe keep... we'll do some. Is Paul, is Paulie still got the bar down the road? I don't, I think so. I think he does. I haven't been there in a long time, um, but I know it's, I think it's still going. Cause I, uh, a buddy hit me up to like meet him for a drink there recently. And I was like, I didn't even know that place was still open. Maybe we'll end up somewhere tonight for yeah. a nightcap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah man. Um, if you need, well, I, I mean, when you're done, you know, I mean, if you're going to stick around and, and watch the rest of the show, watch the rest of the show. But like I said, I'm, I mean, we're practicing across the street. Yeah, and, we're going to come over and say hi, man, yeah, for sure. The matinee, the bar downstairs is is our buddy's place. It's a cool spot. Nice. It's, really, it's like yeah. a little lounge spot. It's really cool. After we get um, after we get loaded in, we'll come over and say hi to you guys today. Yeah, yeah we'll be chilling. Uh, Joey Harcum on tour now. Like anybody who listens to this is yeah, buddy. anywhere uh, around the country. Come get some. <laughs> yeah. Joey Harkham back on tour. Uh, check out Joey Harkham and uh, Pasadena on Spotify. Uh, really, really good music um, that I've been following forever and uh, will continue to. And uh, it's always great catching up with you, man. Yeah, I, man. I, I'm glad we were able great to do talking. this. You were, when I started this, you were one of the first people I thought of. I'm like, oh, it would be so cool to have fucking Joey. Yeah, man. Just to go great. down memory lane for a little bit and be like, <laughs> look at the last like fucking 10 years that we've uh we've known each other and amazing how much shit has changed yeah i feel old <laughs> yeah i i i tend to have that effect on on people especially oh, growing, bet. Yeah. growing up as quickly as i did you know having four older brothers and <laughs> i just you know most of the people in my life surrounded surrounding me were always older you know i always hung out in like yeah, older scenes the, of you're people you're the baby you know yeah so like anytime i took you know i mean when we were talking last night about like records and shit i'm like well you know my favorite records are you guys would laugh me out of the room but it's because i was a kid when they came out and they just right. like meant so much to me you know what i mean yeah we were talking about green day albums yeah and i fucking love american idiot and i will unapologetically support that album forever um but the the green day old heads always got a oh, shit yeah. on me for it because oh, yeah. dookie is everything our producer uh jay zabricki uh, is a huge Dookie guy, and he gets so mad anytime I talk about how much I love American Idiot. 
Yeah, the first couple records, man, are great. Um, I just like that simple. Yeah. Simple, old kind of sound like that. I guess not old, but, you know, I just love like a, just a simple punk rock song. Yeah. yeah. Or even like, you know, uh, I know we're going to talk for another fucking 20 minutes, probably, yeah. but um, like if you like people who are Sublime fans, same thing. You yeah. Know, like I love Secondhand Smoke because it like sounds like an old surf rock album. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, man, just simple. Like, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I talk about Sublime a lot with people because there's a lot of people in like a lot of people fucking hate Sublime. A lot of my friends hate Sublime. A lot and, of people uh, pretend like they hate Sublime. Well, dude, the thing is, is like, all right, you hate Santeria and what I got and Badfish, but it's like dude. dog. But listen to some like Robin listen- the Hood album is fucking yes, dude. sick. Also, dude, like just like the second half of 40 Ounces of Freedom. Actually, most of 40 Ounces of Freedom is fucking nuts, dude. Like yeah. it's such a good punk record. Like there's so much fucking to appreciate on it. And it, like it makes me really mad when people shit on Sublime because they think oh, of them as just some like white boy reggae band. It's like, nah, dude, like Sublime was way more yeah, than man. that. I mean, it way changed. More than that. They yeah. changed the fucking game, dude. Yeah. There'd, be, there'd be no genre if it wasn't for Sublime, like breaking it through and, and getting in people's heads, you know, yeah. like for yeah. reggae rock. Yeah. It'd be interesting if you could, you know, if you could see an alternate timeline where Sublime didn't exist and see what it would look right, like now. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It'd be like 311, I guess, would be the Yeah. The standard, which would probably But uh, do you have 311 without Sublime? I don't know. Yeah. It's a good question. God damn it, I'll be thinking about that all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me know what you come up with. Joey Arkham, thanks for coming on. This is the I Am Your Friend podcast. Uh we'll talk to everybody soon. Love you, brother. Thanks. Love you.